0: Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Charlie. This week, I am joined by Jessica Tovisan, founder of Learn Swedish Now and a board member at the Swedish American Chamber of Commerce in Chicago. Learn Swedish Now provides Swedish language educational services. Private lessons are customized with individual lesson plans and the conversational group classes are offered at multiple levels of proficiency. The customers are individuals, corporations, government organizations, and private industries to fit everyone's unique learning styles in order to meet the goals within the timeframe. Learn Swedish Now provides educational solutions that prepare customers for upcoming relocations, new work assignments, and improved communication with family and friends. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here with us today.
1: Thank you for the invite. It's glad to be here.
0: Yeah good. I'm glad to have you and actually normally we I go in and I say give us more about your background and how you came to found learn Swedish now but before we started recording, I'll give uh, some little behind the scenes for our listeners. I always want to clarify pronunciation of a last name. And you gave me the pronunciation. And obviously, it has a little bit of a different one in original Swedish language as it does in English language. And I was wondering if you could provide that same information, because it was very interesting to hear. Because your last name as I said it in the introduction is Tovasan, but that's not necessarily how it's said in Sweden.
1: So in Sweden, uh, people will say Tove son, uh, and you hear that it ends with S-S-O-N. And if you take the last three letters S-O-N, it means son, like it does in English. So son of Tuve. And you will see a lot of people coming from Sweden that has that ending. Uh, some modern last name can also end with daughter, daughter, so daughter of whoever you originate from.
0: Uh, See, and I love that. And I, you know, I I mentioned that uh, my Hebrew name is sort of similar and that it's my name, son of Thomas Philip, you know, so uh, I love when, you know, we're two completely different cultures, but I love when those things sort of cross lines. Uh, So yeah, Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Well then, hey, sorry. So we've got your name. We know how to pronounce your name. We know what it means. Why don't we jump right into hearing more about you, more about your background, how you came to found Learn Swedish Now. And you have You've got quite an extensive history and background with, I was reading through your bio and it's very impressive. So uh, I'm excited to hear from you about how you came to this position.
1: Yes, thank you. And uh, So I have lived in, in the U.S. for 17 years and being here in the U.S. for that long, I've met uh, many type of different people who have a very big interest in Sweden and the Swedish language. Uh, so I have the going now, I've lived here in the Chicago area for three years and have taught, as you said in the introduction, there are three types of people or three different groups who come to me, some who wants to move to Sweden for work. Uh, another group is people who come here because they want to learn Swedish and the culture because they've met a spouse who lives or have lived in Sweden for a long time. And then the third group is people who just have a genuine interest in Sweden and the language. So I've been doing that for three years. And going back three other years, I lived in Washington, D.C., where I worked for the Swedish school and also worked as the assistant principal. And there I met the same type of people, the same group, three groups of people that I just mentioned. And before that, I have worked in the public school system, teaching German for high school level. That's been an interesting time of my years. And over COVID, more and more people um, came to Zoom. So that was a good chance for me to reach out to a broader public here in the U.S.,
0: you speak uh, Spanish as well, don't you?
1: I have lived. Yeah, I speak a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> and when I was younger, I lived in Spain and studied Spanish in the south part of Spain in Malaga at the university, which was also a fun time. So I'm all about languages and cultures. And I try to learn as much as I can. I never stop learning myself. So I think that's a great way to understand different people in different cultures.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the history, the background you've had teaching in schools, you know, teaching uh, one language can be very, very different than teaching another language. So I imagine when you're teaching whole different groups of students, you have to approach each one differently in terms of how one is learned versus another.
1: Yes. Uh, so. Yes. So we always talk about uh, how people learn. Surprisingly a lot of most people don't really know how they learn. Uh, so When I start talking and showing different type of materials to them, after some time they've been with me, they realize like, oh, I learn so much easier if you're introducing the material this way or a different way or a third or fourth way for them. So they kind of learn as we go along, learning about the different learning styles with me.
0: Yeah. Do you return to Sweden often?
1: I do. I go home every summer with my family to see family and friends. I spend time in Stockholm um, and then also in the south part of Sweden. Uh, it's an island called The Island. Shortest Swedish <laughs> word, which is N, one letter, an island, The Island. Uh, so that's where I spend time summertime.
0: Oh, that sounds wonderful. A little further away from like the city of Chicago, sort of uh, sort a of, uh, hectic buzz. Yes. So I, I, I want to ask a question just because. Um, I think this is something that, at least in in the States, we're, as a culture, kind of aware of, is that we don't nearly have the grasp on language that a lot of other countries have, especially in terms of a a lot of places I know where English being taught as a second language is much more of a priority than, say, us learning any other language. I'm curious if in in Sweden, how Sweden approaches learning other languages or like I've been to some countries where more people do tend to speak English naturally or just a, a lot of people do. And some countries I've been to where they don't. And I'm curious how Sweden tends to approach learning languages differently.
1: So we a lot of us children, they learn English through music and movies, of course, since um, they are, are getting shared with that information, both at home and in school. So English comes very natural to a lot of people. And so they start speaking when they are in elementary school. When they get older, the most people choose to do the third language. And then a lot of people choose to do Spanish or German or Mandarin. Uh, and that is when they come up to seventh or eighth grade. So when they exit, they speak, uh, of course, Swedish, but then a very good English. And then they have their, their third language in when they graduate high school.
0: I wish we had that sort of dedication here. <laughs> I think I would feel so much so much more worldly if I, we did. So, Jessica, I'm curious, in you, you said you do return to Sweden every year. And I know as time goes on, things change. So I'm, I'm curious from a cultural perspective, the major differences you see between the States and Sweden.
1: Um, The biggest thing that I notice going back home is that people are, when I go back summertime, they have a lot of vacation. Most people in Sweden, they start when they start working, they have four weeks. And many people want to take three or four weeks uh, during the summer. If you've been for the same company for, for a few more years, they add on another week. So Many of my friends, they have six or seven weeks paid vacation for one year. So that is a big difference. When I come home, they are very relaxed and they are really taking the time to enjoy their hobbies and friends and family and traveling or just relax and read a book without, you know, feeling that they're wasting days doing what some people will call here. Nothing in Sweden will say that we invest in earning more time for yourself and getting energy. And we have a Swedish word, which is logom, which means just the right amount. So Sweden are very big on the word logom. We don't want to work too much. Uh, we would like to have time for our life and loved ones as well. So that's a big thing. So that's a good word for everyone to learn, logom, just the right lagom. amount of. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that does sound amazing and vastly different from the situation here. Yes. Do you ever... Think about moving back there permanently? I mean, it—you it, know—you—you—you you, you refer to it as home still, you know. I, uh, so yeah. I mean, do you do you ever think about going back there and just and living in Sweden permanently again?
1: No, for now I have teenagers and they were born here, so uh, I would like them to feel comfortable staying here for until they finish school. Uh, once they have their own wings, then fly and do whatever they prefer to do in life situation might change you never know uh, <laughs> but for a few more years i will will stay here so yeah i do consider that i am lucky to have two homes so i go home to sweden but then after a few weeks i go home to chicago area
0: yeah especially you know uh, as opposed to say being from the east coast of the states versus the west coast you have two very very different environments that you get to enjoy yes. i'm sure that's the change of scenery is significant
1: it is yeah it's the good to go home to the lagom country
0: Log them yes and I need to remember that word from <laughs> now on and I need to I need to go to every every supervisor or boss I've ever had and say I think we need to institute this this uh, policy now
1: <laughs> yes uh,
0: so you know we talk to a lot of business owners not just on the podcast but you know Andersonville is small business itself and even beyond small business the people we've talked to we always, kind of bring up the effects of COVID. It's an inescapable question that we have whenever we're talking to business owners or people that have started a new business or especially run small businesses. And you had already mentioned that a lot of people have been getting on Zoom more and have been more receptive to maybe learning a new language or uh, taking up a new hobby. So I'm curious how, one, from your business side of things, how COVID and lockdown affected you, but also how you saw it affect Sweden.
1: Mm, Yes. So during COVID, when I had people learning the language with me and understanding the cultures, when they exited with me and moved to Sweden, they thought they they came to a different planet. They were wearing (laughs) the mask. They were, you know, sanitizing all the time. And then they landed in Sweden and very few people were wearing masks, but a lot of people were vaccinated as we were here. But it was a living a more open life because there was no really lockdown for the school environment. There were some schools for the elderly schools like high school level that had some weeks where they did not participate in person, but overall it was very open. So it was a good shock for people who landed once they felt that they were comfortable in Sweden. So it, ha- it they have not been affected the same way as we were here. If we talk about Sweden for businesses, um, they also went on Zoom like we did here. But for their hobbies and free time, it was much more open.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's interesting that, you know, you have that other perspective of how such a significant global event affected two different types of cultures. Did you feel, I mean, when did you first go back? Obviously, you know, this all started beginning of 2020 was when it really hit us hard. Did you go back to Sweden that summer still? Because I know by, by summer, we had more flexibility with travel.
1: We did not go back that summer. And I think that was a good choice. We did. Uh, I was going to spend on my family more time with my family and Sweden. And they were not on the same pace as we were uh, when it came to the vaccinations. So for their safety, not being fully vaccinated, we uh, hopped over that year and looked forward to 2021 when we spend more time in Sweden with our loved ones. Great.
0: Yeah. And then from your business standpoint, you know, I assume you, did you see an increase in people that were, were signing up to learn Swedish, and then, uh, yeah, you're you're nodding your head yes. And I know we've already uh, already kind of established that you you saw that happen. And I'm I'm curious, what kind of people did you see signing up? What were their main reasons for doing so? Uh, you know, how did you see it affect your business and and your classes?
1: So, from my business, it was fantastic. So many people had a great flexibility in their work schedule to participate in private classes, but also in a, some of my group classes where they meet people that I put into the same levels where they can talk about whatever. Is on the agenda for that week, so it was a very good for my business and very good for all my customers who was able to meet people all over the U.S. with similar interests. So it was a good, good, good year for or years after that for me.
0: That's great. Uh, you know, we you talked about how in Sweden, uh, people try; they don't think as much about wasting time on nothing. It's not really how that sounds, and maybe you know, COVID actually gave people the opportunity to explore these things that they never thought they'd get the time to do.
1: Yes, yeah. And uh, so many was so appreciated of the work businesses where they gave them a lot of flexibility uh, before they decided what route to uh, have them go for flexibility. And so there was a, a lot of lagum for the companies.
0: So, yeah, it seems like. Uh... People had almost had a better work-life balance and were able to take part in these. And you, I don't even necessarily always want to call them hobbies because these are things that can be, you know, significantly useful to uh, a lot of people in their careers and in their businesses. And I actually leading from there, I one of my questions I specifically wanted to ask you was. You know, Interestingly enough, I've had a number of my own friends in the past several years that were being transferred to a number of Scandinavian countries, but I've heard Sweden actually more than a few times for jobs, and particularly in the tech industry. And I'm curious if you've noticed such trends. Um, I mean, in your in, uh, obviously in the introduction, we talk about how uh, you, what you do is great for people that are relocating or have new work assignments. So, is that have you noticed those trends? And is th- that something it seems you could help someone prepare for specifically?
1: Yes, um, I've had people who come to me f- from different fields. The ones that sticks out the most are in the medical field mm. that comes to me. So they they're doing research in Sweden or they are military people who needs to help out within the um, within the military or they work for embassies. So not so much of the tech uh, has come to to me so far. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you approach for, you know, you said some people working at embassies, some people in the military, do you approach the way you teach them differently depending on the position that they're taking?
1: Yes, we always talk about what goals they have and the time frame, so I set them up for success. And as soon as we have established the goal, I make a specific curriculum that works towards their goal. Uh, and these three different categories, if we talk about these three different ones, looks very differently in the curriculum. Um, so I'm able to pick out material that works for everyone.
0: And is that generally the one-on-one lessons uh, that you—you, you, I know you offer?
1: Yes. So the people who comes to me, we work on private lessons once, twice, or three times for per week, or I have some people who want to come four times per week to me. And then when they come up to a specific level, I pair them up in different groups in the same level. So they get to try their their Swedish language with different other people. So you can think of the group lesson as an add-on that I sell to them.
0: And then you also have a monthly... Zoominar, as you as you call it, that you offer. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so everyone is welcome to join the monthly Zoominar. Um, those are free and people come and explore the language if they have a level of Swedish. If they don't, I pair them up with other English speakers, um, but they will always be able to pick up a little bit of the language and the culture as the Zoominar goes on.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, the fact that you offer that for free too—it's such a great intro into. I mean, even just hearing the language in the time I've been working in Andersonville, the language is so just from an auditory standpoint, it's so intriguing. And and when it hits you, it and you know, a word like even just now, I've learned logum, and it makes me knowing that it uh, that it means work life or better balance or you know, uh, for yourself, it's there's something about the language that's sort of very uh, uplifting. I think at least how I've taken it since I started working in Andersonville. People don't need to have any previous uh, Swedish language experience to take part in the Zoominars.
1: No, everyone is welcome to join and when they do fill out the intake form, I ask for them to give me information if they have any language background in uh, when it comes to the Swedish language. But if not, that is uh, not a problem at all. Everyone is welcome to come to listen in and and participate. And for the Zoominar, I'm inviting people to participate and share experience either in Swedish or in English, whatever the topic might be for that month.
0: So and I wanna take that back a little bit because, you know, we talked we talked about your a little bit about your um your background in education and all the different ages you've taught and that you've taught different languages as well. And in my own public school system, Swedish was not an option for us. It wasn't something that, you know, I even Sometimes there were clubs after school where you could take other langu- learn other languages, but I don't even recall that one. And you know, I've had a lot more exposure since I've been spending time in Andersonville. And like I said, it's it's gorgeous. It to me, feels like an uplifting language. and and I, I know you're a native speaker, but as a teacher, do you find Swedish to be a language that is difficult for non-native speakers to pick up? People like to say, this language is easier than this other language, and I think that's probably, subjective but what are your thoughts on that with swedish
1: no having coming from english as a first language swedish is not a hard language to learn as soon as as soon as someone picks out a goal then i can always help them reach their goal and everyone does here with me because um, i know how to help them and they're very determined on learning whatever they want to learn so i would say it's not a hard language to learn
0: you're the best resource to go to in terms of uh, in terms of learning Swedish. But I'm wondering, because I know you're also you're on the board for the Swedish uh, American Chamber of Commerce. And I'm wondering what other resources are out there that you'd recommend to people if they're interested in reading up about it or getting started with it. Obviously, we'd say reach out to you and join one of the Zoominars. But uh, what things are out there that you recommend to be legitimate sources?
1: I think another research, if you are a woman, uh, you can always join a international organization which is called Svea. That is for women who have moved from Sweden, but we always welcome other people to come participate in events that we do. So things that we celebrate, for example, for midsummer, we have crepe puffy fish parties, uh, regular fikas where we get to meet uh, and talk about our culture and the languages. So if someone is interested in in knowing more about the culture, that is a good organization to look up Svia.
0: You just said Fika, and I love Fika because we did we had our own Fika Fest this year, and uh, one of the things that was fun coming up with language uh, with the the language for the marketing and everything was really educating people in what Fika meant. Oh, and this was actually going to be a question I was going to ask you later, but we've you've already led me into it. One, I'd love if you could describe what Fika means to mm. uh, our listeners, and then I also would love to know your favorite swedish word that doesn't have a direct english translation because we've worked mm. with a couple of those now and i always love when we get then even log a balance in your life so many swedish words that don't have english translations seem to be about very good things and very uh yeah. so i'm curious one what's fika and two uh, uh one that comes to mind for you
1: Okay. So when we say fika in Sweden, it needs, uh, in my opinion, has to have three components. So anything that you like to drink could be hot or cold. Anything that you like to chew on could be a kanelbulle, cinnamon bun, or uh, something else that you want to eat. And then the third one, which is important, that is someone you socialize with. Mm-hmm. So you and I, we could have a fika, we would drink something, we would eat something, and we will talk. So... That is important.
0: And I know part of the idea is that you're doing it sort of, oh, the this book, The Art of the Swedish Coffee Break, Fika. <laughs> so, and because the idea is that you're doing this as sort of a break during your day, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of people in Sweden, they do it around 10 a.m., so if you are at a workplace or having your conversation over Zoom and work meetings, you'll see a lot of people around 10 picking up their their, their uh, coffee or tea or whatever they, they want to drink during the day. And the same thing happens around two in the afternoon where people just need a little break. So if we were at a workplace, you and I would probably go to the fika room, a fika room where there will be coffee, tea and some other cold drinks and something to chew on. And you can kind of chit that for a little bit. To get away from the the work environment and talk about something else that's not work related.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, everyone, there's always tips people give you of step away from your computer for 10 minutes. And we don't do this that naturally here. And the pacing between uh, the pacing and the work environment, as you've discussed, it sounds so much more accommodating in Sweden in terms of, to me, I know if I had, if I knew I for sure had the ability to take a break so many, or even two breaks during the day at particular times, I think. I'd be more productive.
1: Yeah, and a lot of companies in Sweden, that's the a lot of them, they see it that way when people take a break and think about something else for a little bit of time. Then it is easier to go back, but it, it creates a, a new environment uh, and which increases new ideas and new energies. So it's a very efficient way of being more productive.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. I know, especially at 10 a.m. if I got to work at eight, I'm already kind of like, well, I need I'm still not awake yet. I need my I need my my little morning break there. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And some companies, they have a fika list. So maybe you on Fridays are responsible to bring in some fika. And then the following Friday might be my turn to bring in the fika. So who, I know how many people working on Fridays. So uh, maybe I made some canelbullar, cinnamon bands, or something else that I'll bring in to, to share that Friday. So it's something nice on a Friday to share.
0: So it seems like even... The work environment there is much more community-oriented than we maybe do have here. Here, I've found that a lot of jobs and companies will try and attract you by saying, we have a community work environment, but that seems to be a very natural thing in Sweden that you can expect to have.
1: Yeah, a lot of times it is a different type of connection. And I'm holding up a book here to just to show you an interesting book that I love to share, which is called Lagom, The Swedish Art of Balanced Living. And in one part of this book, you can read about it, how we apply the logom into the workforce. Uh, so it also reconnects with people and spending time uh, with people around you.
0: Are there things, you know, when you're teaching languages and when people are learning languages, I know for me, taking part in the cultural aspects of of the language are helpful in, in picking it up. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, we've talked about Fika, we've talked about Lagom. This might be an out of nowhere question, but do you have anything like from Swedish culture that we've discussed already that you think would be... A, a, advice you can give to people for things they can do to incorporate into their lives to find a better logum, as we've discussed it maybe from swedish culture things that little things people can do that can that you think are beneficial to us
1: i think having a a, a room or a, a place where you have like a meeting point uh, in workplaces i think that is beneficial where everyone feels welcome to go and just and it's invited to take a break so you don't feel like you need to take the coffee at your desk. You're invited actually to get new energy. So if there was a set up place where, where people could go and feel, feel that relaxed environment, um, I think that would be helpful.
0: Yeah, that would be, I would love that if there were, you know, if it was comfortable couches and pillows everywhere and I could have my hot chocolate. What do you feel sets Sweden and Swedish, the Swedish language apart from other Scandinavian countries and languages?
1: So when I go home uh, to Sweden and meet friends that live in Norway, I can easily talk to them. But when I go down to Denmark, I have a little harder time understanding them. So that is a little bit of a difference in the pronunciation and how they speak. So Norway is very similar to Swedish, but Danish is a little harder for us.
0: And is it it's mostly just a, a difference in dialects or just, I mean, even the pronunciations that we would find a difference in here between a southern dialect and a, a northwestern dialect of a kind?
1: Yeah, I would say it is not even not even it's more than just a dialect. So it is the language itself. Even if it is this coming from the same roots, it sounds different. And the pronunciation is different. And the numbers are pronounced way different Mm -hmm. as well. So it's a big difference from coming to Denmark.
0: Interesting. I actually I mean, I'll admit, I didn't realize it was I mean, obviously, they come from the same root languages. But uh, there's, of course, bound to be Differences, similarities and differences. So do you mean, but do you feel you obviously you have an ear for languages, but you you said you have a harder time understanding in Denmark, but generally you can get around and have conversations and and say, figure out where you need to go. There's still enough of a similarity that you have the ability to
1: communicate. Yeah, I can do it. But I know a lot of people cannot. So you just have to try a little extra and speak a little slower and pronounce a little, (laughs) you know, clearer. And then it could work for some time for easier phrases. Uh, Even if it's a difference in the language, I would invite everyone to go to Denmark But it is a fantastic country as well.
0: Are there any, you know, because we're talking about the differences in the language, and you've mentioned that you don't think Swedish is is necessarily too hard of a language to pick up for, for new learners. What would you say are some of the more specific challenges when approaching Swedish for the first time?
1: A lot of English speaker needs to spend a little extra time on the vowels. So we have three extra vowels uh, in the alphabet that we don't have in English. and of course those are harder. so looking at the alphabet, you have an A that has a circle above and then you have another A that has two dots above. and then the third one is an O that's two dots above. So of course, looking differently and they also are, are pronounced differently. Um, so we just have to work with different muscles in in our uh, in our mouth and neck and throat to kind of make sure we, we understand the vowels, how they're pronounced, but everyone can master them. It just has to be a little bit more sp- time spent on them.
0: And speaking slowly and clearly.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: So, you know, as a native speaker and someone who has spent a lot of time in Sweden, I would just, I'd love to hear more of your perspective on the Swedish heritage in Andersonville, and also in Chicago as a whole.
1: And so I have lived outside of Chicago for three years, and I moved here in 2020. So I haven't had too much time uh, spending time in Andersonville. I have been there a few times, though, and I've been very impressed with the museum. <laughs> and I was very, very impressed also with the Midsummer celebration. Uh, I went in there this summer and we were dancing around the Midsummer pole and we were jumping and pretending we were frogs and singing about the little frogs. We had Midsummer uh, decorations in our hair that we made out of fresh flowers. And so that was very, very unique and a great experience. So I would love to come back back next summer to participate in that again and see the Swedish folk dance as well on one of the stages there. And also the Kötböller, of course, was also a nice dish. That I saw was served. So the the celebration around Midsummer that was a fun experience. Oh,
0: I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I probably I I was there at the at the the Maypole. I probably have a picture of you somewhere doing the frog dance.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. I yeah, I invite everyone to come and explore that next year. It, it's a, a fun fun day. It, well,
0: it It's the opening. Or ce- the weekend. Yeah, I mean the and that's just the opening ceremonies on Saturday. You know, uh, it's it, it's always a blast, and we had great weather that day. So the maypole going up was gorgeous and everyone was having a really wonderful time. So then I, I you know, I know you, you haven't, uh, you've been to Andersonville a few times and obviously a fan of the Swedish American museum here, which we're very proud of as well. Are there any particular great places that come to mind in Chicago for Swedish experiences?
1: There is this Cinderella boats that I have taken a part of a few times, uh, and, uh, there are some Swedish owners going back in history for that tour. So that is something that I know uh, has has a Swedish background to it. And of course, the SAC that you mentioned before, where we are talking about Swedish businesses and how they can come and start working and setting up their businesses here in the Chicago area. Um, so we meet for, for business meetings uh, and help those get established.
0: Are there any... Uh particular businesses that come to mind, uh, Swedish businesses that have opened that you'd want to tell people about?
1: Um, I would invite everyone to go into SAC's uh, homepage and and look at, there is so many different companies that want to come here and start their businesses. So if we could link uh, uh, the webpage, that would be fantastic for everyone to go in and explore that.
0: So, uh, Jessica, I was wondering if you could tell me, one, when is your next Zoominar coming up? And then also, is there anything else, events or or news-wise, you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: And so the next Zoominar that comes up would be on Saturday. And those are always on Saturday mornings when they happen. Uh, and it's a central time starting at 9.30. So go to the web page and sign up for, for the Zoominar. Other things that's happening with my business is that um, you can always come try a free trial to meet me and talk about your goals. And we will make sure that you have a curriculum that matches up towards your goal. And that is open just to go in um, on the web page as well and find a time and day that works well for you. Awesome.
0: Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today, you know, especially for us being a Swedish uh, neighborhood based in Swedish heritage. We definitely, I was excited to get you on here. So, uh, but thank you very much for being here. It's been wonderful talking to you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: Of course. Well, if you would like to learn more about Learn Swedish Now, see how you could get that consultation, as Jessica mentioned. Head to LearnSwedishNow.com. Uh, And then if you would like some more information about Swedish experiences and opportunities in Chicago, uh, you could visit the Swedish American Chamber of Commerce website at sacc-chicago.org and the Svea Chicago website, chicago.svea, that is s-w-e-a.org. Jessica, thank you again.
1: Thank you.